0: Yo, New Zealand people are cra- I don't really understand how they
1: blended the cultures like
2: that. It's incredible. I know one, like, New Zealander cat.
1: He's a nice guy. I always accidentally mistake him as Australian. Hates that. Word, yo. Peace. I am Mega, and I'm here with Late. And this is episode 31 of the Mega Late Show. And per usual, we are the number one podcast in Tokyo for hip hop culture and everything dope happening in the land of the rising sun. Is it lame for me to say Land of the Rising Sun? It feels like it is a little bit lame to say that. It kind of feels
0: like people saying "Hot lanta. We definitely don't say that.
1: Yeah, I I never say it to anybody else, but I thought it would be spicy to add it to the podcast right now.
0: Or like, uh, I'll I'll let you introduce the guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: so again, uh, number one hip-hop podcast and Dope Culture podcast in Tokyo, constantly highlighting very special and talented individuals out here who are visiting or live here, anything like that. And today we have another tremendously talented person Uh, The technical term for what he does is a milliner But you could also just say hat maker Perhaps would be more accurate For our guest today We are here with Tom O'Brien Australian Surfer DJ Hat maker Am I doing what? Biker Biker as well? Bicycle Okay Bicycle, is that right?
3: I do enjoy riding things.
1: Oh, I, I was gonna say, is he a bicycle? It's like <laughs> post op trans <laughs> cyclist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank you for joining us today, no man. Problems, it's really... No problems at all. And, um, and also, uh, I wanted to give a little bit of information for our listeners right off the bat. So, Tom is a hat maker. And one of the reasons that we specifically reached out to him, because he has worked with a few very prominent figures within the music community and in the world. One of them, perhaps the most notable, being Erica Badu. Correct. And you've also uh, given hats to Thundercat, That's who great. we all love, and uh, Crystal K. Yes. And I'm yeah. sure. Oh, really? Yeah we're going to get to find out all about Tom Uh, as the episode goes on you know we have first we're going to talk about some news then we do some temperature checks where we're going to find about Tom's taste in music things of that nature Uh, we'll do our weather report we're each going to share a track and at the end this is where we're going to find out exactly how Tom got to Japan and how he got to making hats and how he got to making hats for Miss Erica Badu well, yeah. I, I like how that, say, that music came in right there when I said Erica Badu. It was like a little, ooh, there we go. Yeah, good timing. Instrumental. Hey, timing. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I wanted to say, do you guys call it the land down under, or is that just a foreigner?
3: Thing? I think that term was originally coined by uh, men at work.
0: Oh,
1: really?
3: Yeah. Oh, the group?
1: Yes. Yeah. What's their song? We uh, come from the land down under. Oh, shit. You know, and give me a Vegemite. Sandwich, you don't know that. This is this is. A, it's kind of it's kind of terrible and, and also very wonderful. Yo, do you hate yeah. that song? No,
3: that song? I did it at karaoke two months yeah. ago. It's what it's all, a, all of us Australians do at karaoke. Yeah, it's a, the warm up track. Is, is that jam. like?
0: Is that like when a Jamaican person sings Shaggy at karaoke? It's just like perfect. It's like this no no imitation Then you see that the shoe caught me red-handed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Or if they do uh Sebastian from the Little Mermaid in under uh, oh. the sea. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: <was> actually. <laughs> Yeah, they just sing
3: the Cool Running theme song. Yo, I used to have a
0: Disney video. It was like a live performance of Little Mermaid music, and they had the actual black guy like performing on like the steel drum, looking like a uh, Billy Ocean with like some weird like Caribbean flamenco costume on. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, it was pretty interesting. Pretty okay. Interesting. I mean, that was a seminal part of my childhood watching that video almost every day. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you ever find that, you know, uh, send it to me and we'll put it in the show notes. I just think maybe my our mom listeners want to get
0: her groove on, and yeah. that was like the
1: closest she could get for the time. Yeah. What other songs do you sing uh, for karaoke? Get her groove down? back, I mean, get her groove um. back. Are they Actually, all like Australian type of songs? I'm trying no. to see if I know any other ones.
3: Actually, when I was a teenager, I was a massive Bob Dylan fan, so okay. I've been trying to perfect a couple of Dylan tracks. Um, even take it back as far as Woody Guthrie. Okay. Who oh wow. Inspired Dylan, um, but yeah, hard to find on the karaoke machines. Yeah, you're probably times. not going to
1: come across that yeah. too too often. But as the liquor
3: goes in, yes, you, you know, you move from that to Natalie and to, to Drake to. M, all things you cannot do, but you give it a red-hot try.
1: I make poor choices when it comes to song selection. Like, songs I shouldn't do. Like, I try to do, like, some David Bowie songs, <laughs> and I just don't got the voice for that. I don't have the voice for anything other than maybe talking on a podcast, but singing. It's like yeah. I do, I'll do. i do that, or I'll do, like, yeah, just terrible at making I feel choices.
3: like karaoke bars are like a um, supermarket. You just you walk in and see everything and it's just overwhelming yeah. how many different options there are and it's like which yeah. one first or where, you really have, have to with this? have a list
1: or like know what you're what you can nail yeah yeah. Exactly. yeah i i'm not really a karaoke guy but i mean i've been forced to to do it several times living you, in Japan. you have to have a couple under your belt if you're gonna live here yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like like ones that you're going to perform well and get high fives for Or just like ones that you're comfortable doing Yeah, comfortable doing There's a couple
3: of Japanese ones that I've been trying to perfect But um, yeah, yeah in,
0: my, in my mind there's like three ways to do karaoke There's like boring daytime karaoke Where everybody just sings songs that they know and then there's, like, you know, your show-off karaoke, where, like, you got, like, your shit, like, you can nail Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey. And then there's, like, turn-up karaoke.
1: I hate that second person. Like, the person that can sing really well. I mean, just that's like, save fine. that shit for the talent show. Like, I
0: used to think that's what karaoke was for. Like, you gotta nail a song. And then yeah. I discovered turn-up karaoke, where you just turn karaoke into the club, and you just play a hit song, and everybody just... Like oh, yeah. Just like, Earth, Wind, together. and Fire, September. Yeah.
1: But instead instead oh. of you doing it, no, I mean like Taylor Swift I mean it. like migos yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah right right yo speaking uh, before uh, before we um, before we go into the new segment of the podcast let's take a second to make a break for our guy Cal Combs and we'll be right back yo this episode and every episode is brought to you in part by calcombs.com Cal Calcombs.com. Make sure to check out CalCombs.com for his newest album, his apparel. I think he's coming out with a spring collection soon. And stay tuned for his new material that should be dropping sometime next month in May. And we will definitely let you know about that. And maybe even get Cal to come by the show and give us a little bit of details about the damn thing. We, we might be even hosting his release party. Maybe we, we will do that. that. You never know what the Megalacia is going to do.
0: But Yo, if you go to CalCombs.com and order anything that totals over $30 or 3,000 yen. Did you hear that little drunk slur? You might be able hey. to get... 25% off if you use the m- promo code Mega, Mega Late, late show. show.
1: No spaces. What did, what did uh, Steve say? Don't space that bitch up. No spaces. <laughs> no caps. All together. Mega Late Show. Also, um, you may have noticed that we have a new logo design. Definitely check out our guy, KeenWaquin.com He did all the artwork and he's also on episode something or other. And Nine, uh, maybe? Yeah. So that's Keen. K E E N. W-A-K-E-E-N.com. He Don't space that bitch up. Don't space that, bitch up. Don't space that bitch up.
0: But yo, hit him up on Instagram also. Calcombs.com. KeenWaKeen.com.
1: Make a link. Episode 31. Peace. Mega Late Show, episode 31, Tom O'Brien. Mad Hattery. Late. Yeah. yeah. Yo. We uh, got news. Uh, I don't know
0: if this is news, but Donald Glover is gonna host Saturday Night Live and Childish Gambino is gonna be the musical act. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean that's like I feel like that's the dream for a creative person who acts and makes music. He hasn't
1: done it before? I don't think I so. Don't he know. wrote on 30 Rock, right? But yeah. But I
0: think that's the extent of the Lauren Michael circle. He's okay.
1: Uh, he's a super talented guy. I haven't started watching season six of um, Atlanta yet. Two. Oh, yeah. Season two of Atlanta yet. But it's it's a pretty entertaining show. You watch that, Tom?
3: I don't watch anything.
1: Oh, really? Do you want to watch television or movies? Nothing. Is movies? this intentional? No,
3: I'm not good. I just find, like, if I sit down fall asleep. Uh, huh.
0: Interesting. I kind of, I have the same thing a little bit. Like, I never go to the movie theater because I'm like,
3: oh no. I always feel like I should be doing something. Like, I get antsy. Like, there's, there's no time I ever want to be in a dark room with a bunch of strangers, so you won't <laughs> catch me at the movies. Aren't you a DJ?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love film. I love I love cinema. I love some television. Television has gotten really different over the last ten years, especially with like Netflix and television series and binge yeah, watching. Course. It's like watching a long form movie. But okay, I and mean, you can I get... choose what you watch. Right, right.
3: I mean, there are there is one Japanese show that I do watch on Wednesday nights called uh, Bombie Girl. Bombie Girl. Oh no, Bombi. Bombie Girl. Oh.
1: Yeah. Is that pretty good?
3: Um, it's a little bit bizarre. Yeah. Hey, give us give us a plot rundown. Yeah, can Bombay we get Girl? the synopsis? So basically, what I get from the limited language I have, the concept of the show is uh, like rich girl, poor girl. So they find a, uh, somebody who was poor and who is now famous. And.
0: There's a reality show.
3: Kind of, yeah. And they go back through their life and show you where they used to live and what they used to eat and um, where they are now. Huh. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And then there's another segment where they um, go to the supermarket somewhere out in the countryside and find a mother with a bunch of kids hanging off her and a trolley full of shopping and um, go, look, put all that back. We're just going to go back to your house, call up your husband, get the approval, and we're going to cook your whole family dinner with whatever we can find in your cupboards and your freezer.
1: I think I might have seen an episode of this in passing somewhere, maybe at the dentist's office or something (laughs) like, yeah. (laughs) I that's think a, I may have seen this.
3: That's about where I'm at with television.
1: Yeah, only in places like the like the uh, immigration office and, and
3: elevated TV.
1: Yeah. That's interesting, man. I, you don't come across a lot of people that don't watch television anymore, but it's respectable. Yeah, especially in this age. Yeah, I mean Netflix has TV. shit about everything. You remember the Firefest, that festival that um, Ja Rule tried to do oh, with some yeah, type of millionaire guy that. and like they got all these rich kids out there for like Wait, all is this is money? Firefest last year job rule and some other finance guy or some somebody with with his dad's money i think um they they had this festival idea so they would fly everybody down to this island and they promised them like these shows and kind of this extravagant accommodation uh, yeah and when they got there they were like there was no food for them it was like real struggle sandwiches like a like like just bread with cheese it between
3: and- they're actually staying in emergency housing
1: yeah it was like yeah it looked like some fema camp type of situation so anyways this this fire fest was a tremendous disaster and there's like lawsuits against it and i think the main guy actually went to jail for some other bullshit that he was doing but netflix is making a documentary about this and this is this is the world we live in where just like everything that happens ends up on netflix in some form or, or fashion yeah, interesting Do you you follow any, like, social media stuff? You're on Instagram, you're on Twitter and things of that nature?
3: Not so much Twitter, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have a couple of different social media accounts, that's for sure, but, um, yeah, I kind of vaguely know what's going on out there, but a lot of it you don't want to know.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of not wanting to know, Kanye West just started tweeting again, and um, that's, like, the whole thing on Twitter. It's, like, my timeline's just, like, Resharing him. And to me, it's like this it's this kind of like, uh, you know, philosophy 101 type of bullshit. Like, you come out of your philosophy class and you're like, yo, if creativity is a special thing that human beings are tied to, and if you think about thought, then you're going to feel good about life. And it's just like, ah, eh, this is very shallow. Thank you, Kanye. Yeah. But people love it, they eat it up.
3: in respect to Kanye. He's created this exclusive bubble around himself, and a lot of people believe in it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think people are just happy to see him social again, because, you know, he kind of went to Minnesota or wherever, Montana, and he was gone making albums, and then he comes back, and he announces all this new music from him and Kid Cudi coming out, and Pusha T's got an album coming out. and So, you know, I, I respect it. I respect the, the hustle. He might even
3: have a new kid coming out, too.
1: Again? I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I mean, uh, he, it seems like he's staying pretty busy in that regard. Especially if you can have other people have them. They, they just, did they have twins, or was that Beyonce? I keep on... Beyonce and Jay-Z had twins, right? Yeah. They okay. did have a third kid. Though. Okay. I mean, what is he going to call the kid this time? What name goes with Kanye West? What is a good first name for something that ends with West? That's a good question. What is the first kid? North? North Northwest? And then... Saint. Saint? Wow. I don't know the third uh, I was going to judge him for that, but I wanted to name my daughter Bazooka, so I just really can't judge people then. Yeah. Okay. Well, shit. Late, do you have any other news? Uh, No, not really. Let me see. I might have something else here. Oh, uh, this is some Japan. Oh, Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer. But, uh, do we want to talk about that? Maybe not. All right. Mm, there's some... Socioeconomic things there, but now we don't have to get into that. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he. This is the first time that uh, hip-hop. Well, it is the first been... hip-hop well, Pulitzer. Well, yes,
0: but it, I mean, it's like the he had first to outside of jazz and yeah. classical music Pulitzer. So he's, yeah, he gets a lot, a lot of love and props for
1: that. Yeah, that's good for him. But you know, nobody submit, nobody submit. Fucking Illmatic. Fur Pulitzer back then it's not like This is the first time That hip hop can be Considered high art You know what I mean So yeah. And it definitely uh, Should
0: have been For To a
1: Yeah I prefer that um. Shibuya 109 Has launched a design contest For the new logo mm. And they will pay you 1.09 million dollars If You are dollars The person Dollars or yen I think it's a million dollars I don't know Maybe it is yen I, I feel like it should be Dollars Because that'd be Substantially nicer Than receiving that in yen I
3: don't yeah. know
1: but yeah, so if you uh, if you want to submit a, a logo, a design change for Shibuya 109, you might win some some uh, some, some yen monies, some I yens. Might have to
3: go for a walk through there from the top to the bottom and see what inspires yeah, that me. Yeah, inspires you, yeah.
1: What it, you could do is like a single hat with three heads under it. <laughs> you know, like us three <laughs> right there, Shibuya. That's an idea. You know, that's one way to go about it. How do you how do you feel about Shibuya? I know a lot of people don't
0: like it sometimes.
1: Good transition. Um, Actually, let's go into the temperature check, Lay. Le. Yeah. Let's go into the temperature check. How do you feel about Shibuya?
3: Um, yeah, there's good things happening. There's bad things happening. But uh, it's a good hood to live in. It's central.
1: And you live close to there, yes? Yeah,
3: pretty We're close. Out. I mean, from you know, my studio's there as well. So for work, it's great. You know, like I can. Oh, that's the, the dream. Yeah, I can be out socializing, and someone will start talking about a hat, and one thing leads to another, and they're leaving the next day. And I say, look, come back. I'll measure you up now, and you know, get home and back to the bar within five, ten
1: minutes. Yeah, that's so. awesome. I mean, I, I think that I probably spend most of my, like, free time in Shibuya. Usually when there's some type of event or show going on, it tends to be, like, around that area. Sure. Yeah, even, like, uh, Speakeasy now is in Shibuya. so Every you know. other month. Oh, every other month? Okay, well, yeah. So I'm out there quite a bit.
3: That's at a uh, commune still?
1: No, it's... Uh, that was two years ago.
0: Okay. Uh, from this year, we're going to be at a hotel called Koe. Okay. It's, like, near the back, near... Uh, Tokyo Hands. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That sure. street? Yeah. Like across from Gorilla Cafe and Yeah. The sure.
1: By the Disney store kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by the Disney store. And we're gonna be there every other month, so the next one's in June. Yeah, that's that's always a jam. I mean they've got like they've got some pretty interesting venues like Sound Sound Museum Visions there, so you get like, you know, hip hop artists come through there and stuff. Yeah, like so, sure. you know, Which do you prefer? Uh what what's your favorite area of Tokyo? Um,
3: I mean, yeah, living in there that area i get caught up there a lot right but um you know lately i've been getting out to kichijoji way yeah nakame just you know there's a lot of other good hoods in tokyo and it's all worth exploring so many good listening bars and interesting food
0: yo kichijoji is supposed to be really popular but
1: i can't find why like what (laughs) what is there to do there? Hmm. i started working near there um, that's on the Chuo line, right? Um, Where one of them. It's or, like it passes. Yeah, the, Chuo the Chuo line passes the Chuo, through there. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Or so, the fucking, uh, a
1: fucking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't been out there for much of anything. But actually, one of our friends, Dallinger, uh he just invited me out there last Tuesday, and I was like, I'm good for tonight. It's cold as hell on last Tuesday. Yes. True. Oh, when we're recording this, it'd be like two Tuesdays ago. But work. What type of uh, what type of music do you like, Tom? You said you DJ as well, so... Yeah,
3: so I started DJing in Japan about 10 years ago, um, and the genre of music is called Cheese Wave, which is uh, 80s and 90s pop music on 7-inch vinyl. Wow. Cheese Wave. Yeah.
0: Okay. So is that like... I was doing a 90s party, and do you know Jordan Bradley?
3: I don't, know. Oh, yeah, I do. I know who you're talking talking about. yeah, yeah
0: kind of
1: works yeah. with uh, and, and all that. I feel
3: like I have him. yeah.
1: I've seen his face on, like, the Recommended Friends on Facebook thing. It's like, oh, okay, that guy looks like a DJ. Yeah, we yeah. were doing a 90s party, and my
0: dude was like, oh, I'm going to do half vinyl, half whatever tonight. It was very cool. First song he puts on is a record. Fucking chingy. Chingy Vinyl.
3: Huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually have a big bunch of 90s R&B and hip-hop. Yeah? 12 inches, yeah. Oh, that's dope.
1: And it's called Cheese Wave. Yeah. This so, is when they were putting wave at the end of everything as kind of like genre-defining type of, like, vapor wave.
3: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But um, it's basically elevator music, you know, so it's music that you may not know the artist or the song, but you definitely know the lyrics, you know, you probably grew up listening to it with your parents, and it's just feel good, you know, people shut their eyes and spirit fingers and dance like they don't care, so.
1: And do you still DJ?
3: Yeah, I do. So, um, I have a residency at um, Deus Ex Machina in Harajuku, so I play there every Friday night, which is all uh, vinyl based. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't realize you were still DJing. Uh, Harajuku, right by uh, United Arrows. So it's a... It's a Deus Ex Machina is a surf motorcycle brand originally from Australia, but now they have flagship stores in uh, Indonesia, Italy, LA, Sydney, and Tokyo.
1: I feel like I've just saw something advertised from them or like a show recently. But that's where you are. Yeah, that's where I'm every Friday. Right.
3: And, uh... I just found out last night we're getting a brand new Alpha rotary mixer. Which oh is, really? gonna yeah, be delicious.
1: Oh that's dope, man. We'll have to come out and check you out sometime. Yeah, yeah sure. definitely. Sure. Yeah. Well,
3: what, what night is your night? Need to put uh, on Fridays. The calendar.
1: Every Friday? Yes. Yeah, so, oh yeah. We'll actually we'll add that to the calendar.
3: Yeah, it's an uh, early calendar. event from uh, seven till eleven. So.
1: Oh, that's perfect for me. Yeah,
3: I yeah, play anyways. nine to eleven.
1: Okay, and this is all going to be like Cheese Wave?
3: Um, can be. Like okay. last night, it was a, because it's the basement of the store where I DJ is also at Art Gallery, so there was an art show opening, so I was playing a lot of sort of R&B and hip-hop, okay. keeping the mood, mood fresh.
1: Yeah, I would love to check that out, man. That's dope.
3: But uh, yeah, the Cheese Wave, I mostly play at uh, Beat Cafe in Shibuya
1: okay, okay. So yeah no, we go there often I yeah. think. I mean, I I, I don't think Leighton's like got, got banned from there 86 yeah I've been banned from there as yeah. well <laughs> but now you're back DJing always ah, the world's a wonderful place
3: and then yeah um, probably about once a month I'll get booked to play um, support for maybe a disco act that's touring from the states so sometimes I'll play the white room at Vision or Stairs of Womb or something like that. So
0: okay. We had to have yeah. been at the same event.
1: Yeah. Must have, I'm certain. Yeah. I'm certain at some point I've seen you before. Yeah. Like, what, what are you listening to now? Like, uh, you listen to any contemporary uh, music? So what I've been getting into recently is um,
3: Japanese city pop music. So this is kind of the Japanese equivalent of, say, yacht rock. So... You know, in the early 80s, when the Japan was having a bubble economy, um, all these Japanese musicians' work was getting produced in LA and New York by these amazing producers and composers, and um, it's just a really, really polished sound, so, um, yeah, it's basically just Japanese yacht rock.
1: Ha! Huh. Interesting, eclectic taste in music there, Tom. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I mean, I, I listen to more than just hip-hop, obviously, but, sure. but you know, I'm not listening to, like, the Japanese version of Yacht Rock. That's yeah. interesting. You have to share some of that with, yeah, with sure. me at some point. I mean, yeah,
3: yeah it, it has been becoming a lot more popular for Westerners getting into that kind of music and prices of vinyl are yeah. soaring at the moment. Oh, oh wow. wow. You know i like to go digging out in the countryside at recycle stores and stuff and yeah. you can find these gems for 100 yen that um, they can you know pull hundred dollars on discogs or something so huh. there are treasures out there you just yeah. gotta dig a bit deeper and a bit okay. further out of the out of the center of the city.
1: And and you're spinning vinyl all the time that you're spinning? Yeah,
3: I mean, if I do play it somewhere, say like Vision or Worm, I use Serato, but um, yeah, mostly vinyl. Straight vinyl? Yeah. Hey,
1: commendable, man. I love to see people still lugging around heavy-ass crates of it is, vinyl. It and, is heavy, you know, that is true. It, it's a different type of dedication to the craft.
3: And if you get out of the bar in the sunshine, there's a chance they're going to buckle as well. Yeah.
1: You're right, right. <laughs> eh. Oh, that's dope. Um,
0: yo, without getting too much into your background, did sure. you come up on R&B and hip-hop?
3: or um, Not so much. Um, I grew up with three older sisters, who so we're all very much into music. but uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess when I was 15, I was sort of listening to... I got into hip hop then. I was kind of listening to bands like Ugly Duckling and Oh yeah, um, Pigeon
1: John and all yeah, yeah, absolutely sh- yeah. shifter shit and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I'm so West glad Girls. how much Pigeon John has come up on the podcast just naturally. It, it's quite interesting. Like I think we've he's been mentioned like four times this year already. Just people talking about him he's a really phenomenal artist
3: he actually signed three of my LPs old Australia. is that right
1: he's a he's a great guy i've met him quite a few times Uh, you know i grew up in california so that west coast underground circuit they'd hit every city and um yeah pigeon john's extremely talented so yeah Yeah. that's interesting man ugly duckling nobody's spoken about that so they're like a a, like a live band hip-hop yeah you know
3: With uh, young Einstein and his dookie cold rope behind the behind the decks, but um, yeah, yeah, their kind of last album turned into kind of like a novelty album about a um, a what would you call it? A fast food chain that made meat shakes. Oh, I haven't heard this. Yeah, so the song's called like Drive Through.
1: Yeah, um, I I didn't I didn't pick up that album, but you mentioning it, I feel like somebody's been like, Yo, did you hear that? Yeah, that like uh, I but, think the circus. I don't I don't remember, but yeah, yeah. But
3: yeah, that was the last from them. So
1: okay. <laughs> so Tom, cool. who was your favorite MC when you were sixteen? How, how was the hip-hop scene in Australia? Because I used to pen pal with a guy that used to um, work, be like an intern with Hype Magazine, which used to be a graffiti magazine out of mm. Brisbane. And um, yeah, just like I used to get all these graffiti magazines from Australia. What
3: about and, Blitzkrieg? Did you get that
1: one? Um, I, I've, I've seen other people with issues of that, but you know how it was to yep. get like... Graph hotism and sure. Life Sucks Die's mag Life suck di- Life Sucks Die magazine back in the day, but but yeah, like I always imagined that the hip hop scene in Australia was really strong, just because of the graffiti. But yeah. were you listening to like hip hop?
3: Yeah, like through high school, definitely. I I was in Brisbane City, so yeah, there was a lot of riders. I went to school with a lot of breakdancers dancers who would tour internationally. The kids who were riding their their dream in life was to save all their money to paint trains in Germany, Word. you know, it's wow. just their, what they're into and, uh, now one of them, a guy called Finton McGee is an amazing contemporary artist, um, who's doing, um, commissioned murals all over the world and, oh, wow. you know, and then you've got like Anthony Lister who is selling gallery yeah, pieces yeah in he's New actually York.
1: he's he's incredibly dope i know who you're yeah. talking about he's super dope yeah okay but you're i'm sorry like late your your favorite mc when you're 16 oh it's
3: tricky i'd have to say um i mean australia was also um pr- producing a lot of good hip-hop as well so there was local guys who i was really into but i'd have to say yeah probably um Tricky, yeah. The guys from Ugly Duckling for sure, okay. you know, like that chill hip hop vibe was where I was at. You know, I didn't really sort of know too much about the whole biggie two pack. Um, well, yeah, um, you must have been stuff.
1: 16 in the early 2000s,
3: right?
0: correct? Yeah, okay, so yo, were you fucking with 360? Who's that? Yo, uh, I used to watch a lot of battle rap, and some of my favorite battle rappers were Australian. And 360 is an Australian MC. He kind of went pop. He made something called the Festival Song.
3: Yeah, I do know him, actually. Yeah? yeah. He
0: is a mean, 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 or at least he was freestyle Three, so. battle MC. Like, you
1: mean like aggressive or just like mean like dope? No, he's dope, yeah. Okay, no, he's okay. more funny, comedic. Okay. He
0: did a whole third round. Ra- this shit is legendary. Well, I think it's legendary. He was battling this guy who wasn't on his level at all. Like, clearly there was a disparity there. Like, demolished in the first two rounds. The other guy was, like, trying to, you know, spin his shit, whatever. His third round didn't rhyme. Pulled out a letter. He said, oh, this is from your daughter. And just read this letter. Didn't rhyme at all. It was just like, oh, daddy, uh, I wish you'd give up rapping and, like, come and take care of me, pretty much
1: everybody is just like... Brilliant. Yeah, it was Yeah, amazing. That's wonderful.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's another uh, guy I went to school with called Tom Thumb, who's an amazing beatboxer. Um, you know, he's done TED Talks and tours the world I've definitely heard. I've yeah. definitely heard of
1: this person. But it's also one of those names. It's like, you know, it's, it's based off of another name, so sure. maybe I'm thinking of that. But I feel like I've heard yeah. of this person, Tom Thumb. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely the Australian hip-hop culture
3: was rich still is you know um but also another hip-hop culture that's gotten a lot better is the japanese hip-hop culture oh yes when
1: i first started coming here a little bit whack but it's come a long way you know you know um speaking of like west coast underground type of hip-hop stuff one of the first japanese mcs i was exposed to was with the living legends arata He's kind of disappeared, but um, he, although I couldn't understand the language, like his voice and his cadence really drew me in. When I started trying to seek out my own like Japanese hip hop to find and like, I found that the delivery felt very monotonous and just kind of like stagnant. Sure. But over the last few years, I found so many phenomenally talented uh, Japanese uh, rappers, and actually, I'm gonna play a Japanese rap track today for my weather report yeah. from a guy named Candle. Do you know Candle? I do not. He's know dope, so yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, yeah, you might not understand the language, but you can hear the flow for sure. Yeah, and that's absolutely. what it's all about. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's good. Let's uh, let's ask this Konbini question here. Konbini question. All right, Mary Fuck Kill, Lawson's, Family Mart, 7-Eleven. Marry one, fuck one, kill one. We've asked this to all of our guests and I'm I'm compiling all of the data and at the end of the year we're gonna see who is who's being murdered.
3: I'd probably have to marry Lawson.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs>
1: <Why>? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Why? Because um. you have to. Their Passmo card scanner doesn't work as well as the other places.
3: That's not true. Finding Fake this news. Out. Fake news.
1: I've been finding this out. I've got the data.
3: Fuck 7-Eleven. That shit's too western.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> but still no Slurpee machines. If they had Slurpee yeah, machines, it might problem. move up. Yeah. yeah
3: that's yeah. Pro- yeah. I mean, the game would change if they had Slurpee machines. Yeah.
1: We're all marrying 7-Eleven if we got Slurpees, right? Exactly.
3: And then, I mean, the last option's obvious, right?
1: Absolutely. All right. That, uh, and again, for our listeners, all you Tanaka's out there I am keeping track of all these answers And at the end of the year, we're going to hit you with all the data that we've compiled um, Are you a fan of the Wu-Tang Clan?
3: Um, not massive
1: Do you have a favorite? Gravel pit uh, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan?
3: Uh, ODB. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Shout out to him Yo, them. I gotta admit I got kind of late in the music in general, so Gravel Pit was one of my introductions to Wu. Maybe yes. a, a little after Triumph. I fucking love Gravel Pit, man. Even that's uh, the, even the, with the, that's Flintstone the Flintstone video, video right? Yeah.
1: At that point, I was already like transitioning from enjoying Wu Tang to listening to all independent, underground, definitive jokes type of hip hop, and I was a little bit mad at that because it seemed very poppy to me. Like, like that's the pop song to like you know break the album, and then I didn't like the rest of the album for the most part. Not a great album.
3: High, my name is. Yeah. Sort of got him to where he wanted to go. Yeah. And Kanye with Gold Diggy, you know, it was just a publicity stunt to get people on board.
1: I guess. I guess at some point you have to. Do that to to get people's attention and then draw them into your regular art. Yo, sometimes. back in
0: the day, the label would not put your album out, man. That's right. You didn't have the you had
1: song. you had to have the single and you had to have like the love song and you had to have all these things happening. So, we ask these questions to everybody on the podcast. and I'm keeping it paying attention to that too. I think ODB is in the lead with the most chosen uh, favorite member yeah. of the Wu-Tang Clan. Shout
0: out to the man of We're all, on all the rainbows. On opposite end of Capadonna, ironically.
1: Yes. Yes. I think You god must be the the least liked member.
0: Yeah, I I didn't know You god was related to Method Man and probably older.
1: Yeah, he's older than Method Man. I think they're real blood cousins. I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, For our listeners, check out that U-God interview on The Breakfast Club and or the other podcast. Uh, Get get Up up On This this. with Jensen Carr. Lots of interesting information about our guy U-God and a little bit of salt and disrespect thrown at Mr. RZA. It's a word. Uh, Megalate Show, episode 31, here with Tom O'Brien. And we'll be back.
0: I want to tell the people out there that thank you for supporting me. And if you don't, suck my dick. And I know you think because I'm a woman I don't have a dick. But I have a pink dildo in my dresser. Yo, welcome back to the Mega Late Show, episode 31. The fantastic, fabulous, super futuristic guest list increases with our guest here, Tom O'Brien,
1: the Mad Hatter. Yo, and we're finding out that Tom does a lot more than make hats. I mean, we mentioned he's a DJ as well, but we're also finding out a lot of things... So after these weather reports that Tom and I do, we're going to talk about Tom and his experiences within the hip hop community, and also uh, with his with his artistry. So I a little guess a bit of
0: Tom True Hollywood Story.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like we were talking during the break, and uh, some very hilarious and interesting things. And hopefully, we can rehash some of those and uh, and get more into it. Word, but, uh,
0: we're about to bust this weather report. Listeners, you might know if you don't. This is the section where we talk about a song that uh, that we're feeling or just something to spark a discussion.
1: Yo, do we have a drop for that? I I don't have the treasure map. Oh shit. For our listeners also, I haven't hey, really been using the 404 recently, but C Uh 3. Let's see if he gets it right. Hold on, let me turn it up. I'm just saying. These Just uh, change D, it, No 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 D? D3 Nah Alright so we don't know Oh it's the Jerry Seinfeld music So this is still appropriate <laughs> Alright Yeah let's keep that going Yeah
0: they, they were laughing a
1: little too long I felt that I Yeah felt that Well you know I, I just haven't been using the 404 But it's back in my hand So next week we're gonna have the 404 uh, rocking for y'all But um I guess I should go into my weather report. Is that what we're talking about? Do it. All right. So um, my weather report is kind of its kind of just a freestyle. I just thought of it as we were talking earlier in the podcast. I hadn't had one intended to share, but it is a track that I've been playing quite, quite a bit recently. And let me go ahead and, and tell you a little bit about it. First, it comes from uh, Meditative Records. Uh, It's a remix. It comes from Meditative Records, who is um, a guy out here, Meso, who is a phenomenal MC. And I actually just happen to be wearing his shirt again today. Uh, He's a really dope cat, and he came out with his album last year, Rokuro. And it's a great joint. Uh, Some English lyrics on there, some English artists. We've got Omega 6 and uh, Micah 9 is also on there. And I did a weather report on this album Uh, Way back when we first started the podcast But this is a new track That is a remix by an artist That he works with quite often And the artist's name is Candle And he is remixing um, a track Called Pyro That was on the original album With um, Masashi rapping uh, TNP, uh, Omega 6, and Hisomi Uh, Omega 6 is one of my favorite MCs He's from Hawaii And um, this Candle joint Is dope and I, I recognize the sample, the, the main sample that's underlying it, but I, I forget what it is. But several MCs have used it, so you might recognize it. But the reason I really like this candle track is. Number one, I don't understand all the lyrics he's saying, but he really bars out at this one part with this kind of multi-syllabic rhyme scheme, and it just sounds really dope, and I've been rocking with this one for a while. So here is the Pyro remix, which is just of Candle without any of the other artists, and he, uh, it's a music video, so I'll just go ahead and play that right now. Let me make sure that it's good to go. You guys hear that all right? Yeah. Maybe. It's not going to duck out too much, but... Um, because it's on a different track on the recording, but uh, yeah, we can just go ahead and talk over it a little bit, and then I think what I'll do late is I'll put the song at the very end of the episode after the outro. Is that a good idea? Yeah, Because we're not going to get pinged for copyrights on this track, so should be straight. So if you want to hear the track without us talking over it, listen to the very end of the podcast.
2: Oh,
0: you played this track. Man. I played it. I
1: played it for you, like just when we were chilling, um, but. I'll turn it up again when it gets to the part that I really like where he bars out. But um, just because we were talking about Japanese hip hop and Japanese mm-hmm. MCs, this is a cat that I appreciate. I've been to an open mic um, with him before, which was really dope. Just and doing. is
3: he half Japanese or now
1: I think he's full Nihonjin. Looks okay. it so yeah. But um I think Mei-so is, is Hafu. I think he's Japanese and maybe some type of like white. Person from Hawaii I, he, he looks half sure. And he speaks English And I know that he Rocks with Hawaii a lot And that's sure. where I First met him So like yeah This whole This whole label Really talented guys Kaigen 20, uh, Kaigen uh, Who runs Fake for Japan uh, Is also with them And there's just dope so really my, my part is coming up in just a second he, he just kills it yeah right after this this
2: uh rhyme scheme yeah
1: he goes off i just like the rhyme scheme and you know what's dope about japanese is they can really bar out like that for a long time because the syllable sounds can be you know they only got five sure and so like he whatever he said there which i could only pick up a little bit of it it was dope it, sometimes it's how you say it. this is dope and not the content behind it you know what i mean yeah. so but yeah this is um uh candle pyro remix meditative records uh may so and tom's it's sniper. just they're just they're just really this really dope and i'll go ahead and play this before we get into tom's track this is also from their, from their mm-hmm. album. I'll fade it out.
0: Do you want to introduce your track? Uh,
3: yeah. We, it's the Tron, Tron song? Yes. Tron song, too.
1: Yeah, tell us a little bit about it, man.
3: I don't know much about the track myself. Yeah, but
1: know. you or just dig it? Much. Why? Just your connection to
2: it.
3: Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, bust it. Okay. So should, you, should we go into this music? Hold on. Let me turn this off. There we go.
3: Yeah, so this uh, track's by uh, Thundercat, who I was fortunate to uh, have lunch with middle of last year when he was
1: on tour um phenomenal artist you met thundercat yeah so
3: um i got commissioned by Erica Badu to make a hat for him as a gift um so oh, okay. yeah he said hey i've got some time before i go to the airport do you want to grab some lunch so uh took him to a sushi spot and um Honestly, at the time, I didn't know a great deal about the background of Stephen, Thundercat. Um, but over lunch, um, you know, I was asking him how how did you get, um, you know, like certain artists on your album? Um,
1: he has fucking... Um Michael, Michael McDonald on yeah. his album, right? So
3: Michael good. McDonald and Kenny Loggins were right Loggins. on the
1: same know. on the same track, right?
3: So I said, "How did you how did you pull that off?" You know, and he said, "Oh, um, my dad was in the Temptations."
1: What? Oh, I had no idea I about didn't know
3: that. that either. Yeah. So you know, first of all, that blew my mind, and then he was talking about how. He used to play bass in Suicidal Tendencies, which is what? another crazy. I thing. did.
1: I had no idea about that either. And his
3: brother was a drummer as well.
1: In Suicidal Tendencies, yeah. So, okay. Uh,
3: then next up, um, he was talking to me about how you know he co-wrote "To Pimp a Butterfly" with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, which, a lot of the music. You know, is amazing. Um, but yeah, just uh, one of the. The craziest lunches I've ever had. Just all this information totally blew my mind.
1: Where, where did you guys have lunch?
3: Uh, we had it at a little sushi spot in uh, in Shibuya. Yeah. So.
0: Did you guys go to Genki Sushi?
3: No, we did not go to Genki Sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I had to step it up a notch. <laughs> sure,
1: but not not quite Jiro's, right? It's no, not expensive. quite
3: Jiro. But um, yeah amazing guy um super talented talented, yeah played bass for erica for 15 years a crazy anime japanophile kind of guy yeah just loves japanese culture and his cat
1: he has like a hilarious type of love for it that is that goes beyond just enjoying it you know like his videos he's dressed up in like a, a a saiyan like warrior gear like vegeta and yeah, like yeah. he's 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 got a crazy love for it. So did yeah, like did a really he bring his cat, cat with him?
3: No, he did not bring his cat with him. But um he did tell me he skyped his cat while he was in Japan.
1: Hey, you got it. Hey, I mean that's that's a little bit less extravagant than some of the things I hear other artists doing. So. Yeah,
3: exactly. But uh yeah, I'll be catching Actually, I caught up with him recently when I was back in Australia and um he's coming back for Sonic Mania with um, a few other guys off the brain feeder label, so
0: yeah. Oh yes, man. That's the show I'm definitely
1: going to yeah. uh, George Clinton and mm-hmm. Flying Lotus. Flying, Flying Lotus. Lotus. Fly yes. Low will be there. Yeah. yeah. Did any of you guys see Flying Lotus' movie? No I did. Kuso? I watched it. I've got it. It's um Interesting Yeah It's definitely something That you would want to watch While you're under the influence Of something other than alcohol Sure You know what I mean Having yourself a nice little joint Or something Which I didn't have When I watched it Yeah And so it was kind of like Yeah you know So it was I think think that uh, It might be more enjoyable If I was under Some type of influence Sure not like mushrooms or acid Because I think you would have A nightmarish type of experience The movie's name is Kuso and Kuso, okay. and, and, and do you know anything about it? No, I don't Late, do, do you know what it's about?
0: I You told me about it actually
1: Yeah, so for our listeners uh, it, it's, it takes place in a kind of a, a post-apocalyptic Los Angeles where uh, a massive earthquake on the San Andreas Fault Line has thrown the state into massive disarray. And because of these things, there's been a lot of like radiation and types of problems, and the entire world has gone mad. People have uh, incredibly disgusting genetic mutations, and people are going nuts. And it's kind of a... Uh, It's almost like a William S. Burroughs-ish dystopian realism to it that you know kind of like a naked lunch approach mm. and it's just gross and interesting but the uh, the amount of talent he has in it is really dope one of my favorite mcs um maybe you know him tom bus driver yeah yeah bus drivers in there is like the newscaster being very bus driver ish and um it opens with that and it's it's it was flying lotus's first film his first attempt to make you know uh, a film and um it was a very ambitious endeavor. Mm. I wouldn't say it's a good movie, but it definitely is an interesting movie. It it might make a few people throw up, I think at times. You have to check it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've 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 got I've got Body it horror? on file. Yeah, it Not is a kind of, that, of Cronenbergian type of nasty, like gross big pimples on the face and you know, like real real um what what do they call them when they're when they're real effects like uh I yeah. Not not like CGI but like real like let's let's put this piece yeah. of skin like, and then a pump under it like to blow thing. up the pimple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like the thing, like the fly, like that type of sure. that's why I say Cronenbergian, like Cronenberg type of stuff. But yeah, that's an interesting thing. And it does kind of you know, Thundercat has a very um a a very interesting approach to his videos as well. And it's kind of got that little bit of oddness to it as well. Yeah,
3: the guy with of, no arms yeah. and
1: Yeah. Yeah thundercat is yo. how about the album cover for this album where he's like it's called drunk right the The album's called drunk and he's like half under some type of lake water it's a it's a actually super dope album cover and i think i should blow it up and put it in here actually that would fit really well yeah 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 Yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna do just that because i'm a big fan of thundercat yeah
3: he's got a really big head as well (laughs) (laughs) so you
1: made him you made him a hat yeah
3: so um we sort of, I sort of, brainstormed with Erica about what he's, what he's into and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, definitely, came out with a lot of feathers on it and a lot of animal fur, um, which is very him. Yeah,
1: I need to take a look at that hat. Is it on the Instagram?
3: Yeah, I got some photos okay. somewhere. Yeah,
1: I like to see that. Yeah. yeah, very, very interesting approach. I guess we should go right into the, uh, to the interview segment of the podcast. And what do you think, late? Yeah let's do it. Cool. Well so to, to start from the beginning, um so I, I know that you're you're a cyclist, you bike, you're from Australia Sure and you surfed um i hear that you dj as well you've told us you dj yeah uh now you also are a mill milliner yep. a hat, hat maker, maker. Sure. is that is that i mean I, I heard that that term is usually reserved for people that make women's hats so is that accurate to call you a milliner or is a better term just hat maker?
3: yeah i mean i do make women's hats that's for sure um and I'd say I first started off making um, your more classic kind of Stetson, Akubra, hatter style of hat. But uh, these days with clients like Erica, I'd say, yeah, I am dabbling in millinery. Um, okay. I am doing a lot of uh, hats that are textile based and ornate and over the top and very couture style so yeah um and that's what i enjoy doing i do enjoy doing one-off pieces and working with designers and artists to create these epic pieces
1: yeah i've seen uh i've seen quite a few of the hats you make and there is a there's uh the aesthetic qualities of it are very interesting like the size the shape the the uh the, the material, the way it looks, like yeah. tactically, it looks, uh, int- uh, tactically it looks very, tactily it looks very interesting. Yeah. Would you say that this is your primary creative endeavor now, um, the hat um, making?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's what it's what's keeping me afloat. But sure. um, I've always enjoyed working with my hands and creating things. Um, and I've always believed that if somebody else did it with their hands, with the right tools and patience, that I could probably do it myself as well which I've applied to many different sort of careers and paths I've taken in my life, for sure.
1: So you're originally from...
3: Uh, Noosa, Australia.
1: I have no idea where that's at in Australia, but I'm not very... I'm American, North, so we don't know geography. Yeah, it's
3: the, the east coast up north. Okay. Yeah, so it's very tropical. What um,
1: is the what what's what is the largest city that that's close to? Uh, Brisbane City. Brisbane. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I've got a general idea now. Yeah. When did uh, when did you begin making hats? Like what? How did this all start? Did you find like a block and then decide like? Oh, yeah. Let me try. So
3: it. Basically, um, it all sort of started with my sister. She. She's a, another amazing, talented artist who um, would recreate scenes from the 18th century um, by creating the props, the costumes, and is um,
0: she working in film, for like theatre, television, or, or
3: something? just for just for personal personal photography? Wow. So um, okay, she'd spend six months creating this set and this scene and get a model in and shoot this epic photo. But um, the photo. ...is what she would exhibition, but her talent lies in the costume and the...
1: The, Like the preparation and execution of all of of that.
3: So um, she needed a hat for a shoot and she couldn't find the hat. Um, But she could find the, the hat blocks in Germany to make it. So she bought the hat blocks, she started dabbling, she got addicted to buying the blocks... I came along, wanted to make something a bit more straight and practical for a trip to Japan. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of she sort of would continued on with what she was doing and sort of lost interest in the hats and I just kept on at it and kept, you know, trolling the net, talking to other hat makers in New York and London and figuring out how to do it, you know. and collecting the tools and still collecting the tools still learning so how long yep. has
1: it been since you've started making hats uh, about
3: eight years yeah okay. so yeah for, for a long time it was a hobby and it was very trial and error and yeah lots of uh lots of doobies to get things done <laughs> but uh yeah slowly found the rhythm and the and the way to do it
1: okay L- late did you have a question dumb question sure
0: <laughs> the did you make that at- hat no, I did not make no? this hat. So okay. you do wear hats that you don't make? Yeah,
3: I do. These days, I I don't know, my hats, I've always tried to make myself a simple black hat, but um, I always get so carried away with it and, you know. Put high eyeball on it or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. And the hats that I wear always draw attention to me. And when I'm out and about, I don't want to talk about my work,
1: you know. Sure. I want
3: to be relaxing and
1: have people coming up to you and say where did you get this amazing hat and you're like oh i made it myself yeah and then, pat me on the back for yeah. this yeah and it's then a
3: the next bit weird. minute it's yeah. on and on and on
1: now um for for our listeners now i did a little bit of research about uh millinery i guess you could say sure and so i found that you use a block to shape the hat sure can you tell us a little bit about the process like how long does it take you to first how long does it take you to make a hat from start to finish and then a little bit about the process yeah
3: sure so um a standard felt hat whether that being rabbit felt or beaver felt which i primarily use um with drying times i can make one in about three to five days Um, so to stretch the hat over the timber form the the felt has to be steaming steaming hot so okay So the, the hairs that the, the felt is made out of, when they're cool, uh, the ends of the hairs are curled. And when you steam them, they flatten out and it becomes malleable and stretchable. And that's when you stretch it and sure. you put it over, over the block,
1: yeah. a block. And a block is a, a piece of wood with the shape that you want to sure. make um, the hat in.
3: Yeah, so all my blocks are pre-1900. Um, I use a tool called a conformature, which measures the exact shape of your head. Which was made in France in 1810. And this is
1: a like a a, a really piece of equipment from that era. Like yes, it's not so a, it was replica.
3: The conformature was originally made to document criminals before fingerprints.
1: Yeah, how so, big's your fucking head?
3: Yeah, and what shape? Because everyone's head's so unique. You know, every everyone's head's different, and you'll know that when you put a hat on it, the brim will either pull one way or the other. So this tool. Um, allows me to make the hat to the size of your head, but then to also steam it to the exact shape of your head so it uh, only fits you. So that's why my hat's are custom, you know?
1: Yeah. For so this
3: purpose, because I want the customer to look good as much as they want to look good.
1: So um, for, uh, I want to ask you a, qu- a couple questions about uh, your business and, and sure. how you're set up now. But, but first, so you're saying that You haven't, like, mass-produced hats, like, made a line of, like, 10 hats that are not made for... Like, I can just go to your store and be like, oh, I like this hat, and put it on my head and walk out. You have to custom make every hat?
3: Yeah, so I have done some uh, collaborations with Japanese brands, um, but I do want to just do kouture custom stuff because there's a lot of people out there who, when they do find me... They've been looking for me for years, someone to execute this idea that they've had in their head. And these people are just crazy hat people, you know, they're, they're yeah. addicted. And, they, you know, I have customers that have ordered a hat like every three months for the last four years. Wow. They're just into it, you know, they yeah. want the hat to go. You know, I've made um, hats for British football players that they say, can you make, this hat to match the color of my Yeezy boot, you know. So, oh,
1: like, so uh, primarily your approach is uh, a complete custom, start to finish. It's like like you can go into a suit shop and just buy a suit off the off the rack, but a, a real tailor has to take the measurements and sure. decide the material with you. And so I explained that it as
3: in, um, you know, you're the hat designer, I'm the hat maker. So I give you creative freedom in the color, the trimmings. I encourage people to bring trinkets and personal things to incorporate so into the, the design of their hat. Yeah.
0: Also, oh, you're pretty open to letting the customer into
3: the creative process.
1: For sure. For sure.
3: I mean, a lot of people, you know, go, "Well, Here's my idea, but you know, give it your creative energy as well. So
1: what about the uh the materials that you use? Are those also like high end? or where are were you purchasing like Yeah, this so felt?
3: my my rabbit felts come from uh Czechoslovakia. Um the beaver comes from Canada and Poland, and then most of my straws are Ecuadorian straws. Wait, what's that? Like, like for a, a straw
1: hat, um, like a a Ecuadorian straw. hay, I guess, or like yeah. straw, right?
0: I thought, I thought a straw was like a mink,
1: like oh, animal. Okay. Like or like some type of animal, yeah. Like, yes, yeah, well, so yeah. I get my. I, I have my... used
3: mink. Mink is very high end, but. Expensive, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Beaver's pretty expensive. Mink's like next level. Okay.
1: Really? I thought beaver might not be as expensive because they are an invasive species that causes a lot of damage, so maybe people kill them a lot, uh, but I don't know anything yeah,
3: about that. Yeah, well, I mean, the the reason why the beaver is more expensive is because the felt's a lot finer and it uh-huh. has a lot more natural oil in it which can naturally um,
1: be waterproof oh obviously Interesting. okay brilliant brilliant so um what what about your business now where is it located in um, I
3: have a studio in Shinsen in Tokyo um,
1: People, people, that aren't in Tokyo. That's uh, very basically close to the station next to Shibuya Station, like one station away from Correct. Shibuya Station, Correct. on a certain line.
3: About a seven-minute
1: walk from okay. Shibuya
3: Station,
1: right? And you have a you have a shop there.
3: Um, I wouldn't call it a shop. I'd call it more of a studio. Or, okay, a studio.
1: Yeah. Are people free to just? Walk in there and um, knock on appointment the door. Only, yeah. Oh, appointment only. Fancy yeah. this guy. Like the, the things that you're doing, man. I find it incredibly fascinating. This is very high end artistry, uh, yeah, to me. It's like you found a very interesting and niche. It's
3: pretty interesting because um, I don't actually have a website, so all my business is just word of, word mouth, of word mouth. mouth. Wow. Which, um, you know, it's it's hard for somebody to find me and to find my email to hit me up. So. You know, it sort of sorts through all these people who aren't really that serious, and you get these customers that are crazy hat freaks. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, you've obviously made hats for uh, quite a few people. I'm curious. Um, I don't know if this is. Uh, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But what is the most expensive hat that you've you've made for somebody? Um.
3: Probably some of the ones for Erica Badu because. Um, What she's allowed me to do is um, experiment with textiles and finishes that personally I can't experiment with because they're too expensive. To play with, yeah. um, Yeah, a recent one I've done for her, um, which hopefully she'll wear soon, um, I used a polishable paint to paint this hat, which mimics um, copper. Wow. So this paint was over $500 a liter and Whoa. personally I can't
1: just you don't pull that out of my back a hat pocket. just yeah. to make it for yeah.
3: But you know, I I run the ideas by her and she never says no. So
1: so they can be the the hats can be quite expensive.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah up to a couple of thousand dollars a piece for oh, sure
1: wow yeah. that's that's quite interesting i and, and uh, congratulations to you for uh you know being able to sustain yourself through this art without friggin' having a walk-in store that to me that's just a phenomenal accomplishment and did you set out to make this a business like it, um, did, did you think you would ever be as successful as you are with this
3: no not really i guess i moved here four years ago and you know i was making hats and um you know, people were buying them and it was pretty chill and I was had a couple of other jobs going on but um, what really pushed me here was um, some of my oldest friends in Japan who own um, menswear businesses and street labels who said like, look, this is an amazing product um, we want to collaborate, you know um, at the time I, I knew in Japan your product has to be refined and really good quality else people are going to remember you the guys did that shit thing so you know I said look I'm happy to do this but I want to refine my product and make sure it's good you know so um yeah they helped me refine the product did a couple of collaborations got some good press here um then yeah things slowly but surely picked up and
1: How did, how did, uh, it's all word of mouth. So who was the person that told Erica Badu about you or was it just, um, basically she
3: just creeped me out on Instagram. (laughs) So I had a a customer in Melbourne, Australia who requested me do something oversized and very Badu-esque. So, um, yeah, she, she got wind of it and then she just sent me a DM as you do and said, can I get that hat? Yeah, and I said I got a couple of other hats you'd probably be interested in as well. And a year later, 14 hats later, it's still going.
1: So you must have um, you and you and Erica must have uh, established some type of relationship with you with with each other now. You guys are friends, and yeah, for she's, sure. She's uh, brought you to her shows every time she's here, and yeah, for sure. At the her...
3: start, I was like very nervous, and yeah, it's it's funny with Erica because say like two or three years ago you know I was googling who makes Erica Bardo's hats you know like I was very intrigued because for me she's the pinnacle of hat yeah. hat wearing in the yeah. world you know people say what about Pharrell Pharrell just wore a Vivian Westwood hat for yeah. a minute you know yeah. but Yo, all Erica, the people
0: in Aoyama with that fucking hat i like, the shit out of me man. the big
3: Pharrell like yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah but what? you know Erica's hats were always ornate and yeah. custom and Fucking crazy uh, I, I just wanted to as ask eccentric as her
1: personality Like uh, A
0: lot of people wear hats Like celebrities But A lot of celebrities Don't wear hats Like what kind of people Wear hats You know what I mean Like you've worked with Celebrities in other capacities And you named a couple before Sure And I was like Yeah He doesn't really wear a hat They don't really wear hats
1: Like who 50 Cent is not gonna come up to you And be like Let me get yeah. Let right, me right, get right, a 10 right. gallon hat
3: I mean, yeah, a lot of people do approach me for stage hats, you know, something that they can wear to set them apart, you know, um, because they do say when, you know, if someone's wearing a hat and you look at them, the hat's the first thing you see, Yeah. you know, you look at the top to the bottom, right? So, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's for someone who wants a point of difference on the stage. Uh,
1: in terms of the variety of types of hats that you make, um, I have no idea. You earlier you were rifling off some names of some type of hats. I'm like, uh, that's a Yosemite Sam hat. That's a fedora. That's a baseball cap. Yeah. Um, what what is kind of the most requested type of hat that you have made? Um, these days, or is it a woman's hat that you that? I you think it's a or? it's a
3: universal hat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I make probably sixty percent male hats, forty percent women's hats, but um. It's basically what—it's a wide-brimmed felt hat. Um, people these days are wanting something that's distressed. It looks like it's worn in, like they've, you know, crossed a desert a few times with it. Okay. Something with a bit of character. Okay. People want that character in their hat, you know.
1: Yeah, and for for our listeners, we'll go ahead and link you to um, your uh to Tom's social media so you can check out some of the variety of hats that he's made sure. and things of that and the, things of that nature. Now, um, you mentioned Erica Badu. Uh, Thundercat. Who are some other notable people that people might know that you've made hats for?
3: Um, Did I hear like
1: Crystal Crystal K? Yeah, she's an artist from Korea, right? Uh, She's she's Japanese. She's She's American. Oh, okay.
3: Has been raised in Japan. Oh, okay. So yeah, she does uh, J-pop. Yes, I've done hats for her.
1: Um, Shinzo Abe. Like no not, high, <laughs> not, not are they yet. <laughs> not yet. The he's co- 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 once, the once he on gets when out when of office. Yeah, yeah, Koike could use a hat. I met Governor Koike a couple weeks ago and it was not tight.
3: Yeah, I mean <laughs> He could have used the hat. I mean, made hats for, hat other for other it. Australian musicians. Um, but yeah. Jillionaire no, what, oh, what Gil- 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 from Major Laser, he's another another Jillionaire
1: hat. from Major Laser. Okay.
3: He's a good dude. He 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 runs the hat, yeah. Okay.
1: Very, very cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this. And now I know that outside of your hat making, you've also done a lot of other things that have brought you into contact sure. with um, superstars such as, you know, uh, Kanye West's entourage and 50 Cent's entourage. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned uh, on our break that you were also uh, a chef or uh, you made food. Did yeah, you, sure. So tell in us my about younger days,
3: um, I was working in an organic cafe and a customer who yeah came in a lot was like i like what you do with food um do you want to try this job where you know you work as a personal chef at um all the major music festivals in australia so i was like hey why not you know a sure, bit yeah. of ex- extra cash here and there on the weekends um and then yeah i worked in that role for about six years so i'd um work at all the major music festivals where whether it was pop music or heavy metal or whatever so i came into contact with some interesting characters for sure with some interesting requests
1: tell us tell us a little bit about that like uh what what artists have you um what what was the most we all know the famous story of
0: like I want a bowl with only brown m ms type of shit. Like <laughs> yeah, the writers. yeah, like some Mariah
3: Carey. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, my water needs to be like exactly 73 degrees. Yeah, room temperature is a common yeah. request. <laughs> but um, yeah, I cooked for Kanye a couple of times. Um,
1: did you meet Kanye? I
3: never I never even crossed paths with him or saw him really? down the hallway. Yeah. Um, I what also, did you
1: want to eat? Um, Wait, late. Let's try to guess what he wants to eat. Hold on, he wants a beaver tail like garnished with uh, platypus pussy no I'm just kidding this Fagua. Okay. something
0: with capers on it.
3: Yeah, the the second time I cooked for him um, it was it was very simple it was just a Maryland piece of chicken with collard grains. and um,
0: Yo, what if what if Kanye was like uh Yo, I want mac and cheese.
3: I wanna see the box so I know. <laughs> uh, <you got. laughs> crap. Give me some crap,
1: family mac and but, cheese. But the
3: interesting part was um the gold cutlery and gold plate that his uh, food taster presented to plate okay. it up with.
1: There, let's unpackage this a little bit. Hold on, so, wait.
0: That's the worst sentence I've ever heard in my whole life. Gold the cutlery gold, that the gold his cutlery. food present his food
1: taster presented. Yo, was the cutlery did it have like diamonds in it? Like a like a like a fucking Cuban link.
3: I mean, it was chain. busy, but um, it was p- presented in its own hard case and unpacked very carefully.
1: And he has a food taster.
3: I think it was just his manager's assistant.
1: Okay, trying to hang shit. Did on the he. food taster eat off of the gold cutlery as well?
3: Well, they got their exact same meal
1: he has a silver cutlery. <laughs> he has a, no, <laughs> it's, it's the same, <laughs> same <laughs> copper paint that you use for Erica plas-
3: plastic spoon <laughs> right it's collard
1: greens it comes in like a styrofoam yeah yeah actually take case
3: i just had a memory just then of the same day i actually had a run-in with tyler the creator not knowing who this little shit was but um oh shit he uh i was wearing a supreme hat um that i'd got from the Supreme Shop in New York a couple of years earlier. Anyway, the whole Odd Future crew who I didn't know at the time.
1: Um, so what year must it have been? Like 2010? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah.
3: Anyway, he just walks up to me and goes, fuck your hat's old. And I didn't know who this punk was, right? Yeah. And and you're just,
1: taller than Tyler, the creator, so you got some reach on him. You could have caught him with a jab. I could have. Because he's a fucking baby. He, well, he must have been like... Uh, if it, if if he hasn't if he hadn't blown up yet then he must have been like almost eighteen right like seventeen years old yeah I'm, eighteen maybe
3: no idea I had no idea who he was how did how you did he respond said, to you this you should have said fucker? you're gay
1: and not in like an offensive <laughs> way you should have like looked deep into his soul and said you're gay and then he would have realized it that he was and yeah that, yeah yeah exactly and yeah it was
3: kind him. of ironic because. I was like, who are these, like, punks? Like Kids. They, the, the actual festival was held at a horse racing track, which had not one piece of concrete in the whole establishment, but yet these crew of punks all had skateboards under their arms they didn't part with. And I was like, where are these kids skateboarding? Like, in the dirt?
1: <laughs> well, you gotta maintain your image. That's that's their branding. Yeah, for real. Uh, douche, douchebags. I guess that's yeah, the thing.
3: I later learned who he was and understood why he was such a little shit.
1: I, I don't know. Uh, I've never met the guy. I've never seen him perform. But his online persona sh- is kind of. He
3: seems like he would be a
0: shit person, especially at that age. I think but, he's mellowed out now.
2: Yeah,
1: he's had some funny jokes, so. I mean, he's funny. Uh, he's funny, funny guy, guy, but yeah. maybe a bit of. But, yeah, what I, I would not have liked that. We were talking about earlier, like reacting poorly to these type of situations. If I was as tall as you, I would have punched him from across the room. Yeah. Because Tom, for our listeners, Tom is like six foot three. He can barely fit into the studio. He ha- definitely has a duck down on like the first three doorways of my apartment. So. I mean,
3: hats for me are like a safety device because the, the brim touches first and it's a little warning sign that there's something low coming <laughs> yeah. ahead.
1: Oh, shit. Uh, who, who has the smallest head? That you've worked on. Uh, you told us that Thundercat had a gigantic dome. His his head is fairly large, you said.
3: Yeah, I mean well if you take a look at him, he's got a lot of dreadlocks, so that kind so of So it adds, okay. Yeah, it yeah. definitely adds adds to it and makes it tricky to work with. Definitely African American hair has thrown my device yeah. a couple of yeah, what, times. What
0: should I do if I I miss hats, man. I've been thinking about a
3: visor. I don't know, man. Your hair's like a hat already.
1: Yeah, you should just you know it's twist it up character. with some beeswax. I, like I mean that's shape it into a That's such like an a,
3: obvious thought, but I've never had
0: it before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is like a hat yeah. already. Yeah, I've man.
1: got a, I've got some homemade hats here somewhere. Well, they're mostly just altered. I didn't put them on a block or anything, but I used to like to dabble in my, creating my own clothing and things of that nature. Yeah. I just got a really dope sewing machine. It's like seventy thousand yen, so yeah, I'm fine. Nice. I'm putting that to to use but yeah i really i wish i I
3: could sew better for sure i mean i can do a little bit but
1: i'm i it sounds to me that if you wanted to learn how to sew you could do it you're you're working in food just randomly again with your hands making hats with your hands yeah well actually my mother's a
3: really talented dressmaker seamstress so she does make all you know i buy fabric in japan mail it back to her in australia and she makes me these outfits which she thinks are fucking ugly but
0: your mom and my mom should be like chilling huh
1: Allow yeah. me to alter my clothes. All your time mom cosplay? To make my clothes too. She cosplay? cosplay. <laughs> yeah. My mom With Thundercat? They're dressed as she, Super
3: Saiyan? She did come to see Ugly Duckling with me, but. Oh, that's
1: dope, man. Yeah. Sounds like your mom's pretty cool. She's yeah, alright. Sure. She's
3: alright.
0: Shout out to Miss O'Brien. Yes. Mother Chan,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah. We we all need more names like that for real. Yeah. Um, So so now um, in Tokyo, Japan, you're also still DJing. Yeah, I
3: play a few spots regularly. Um,
1: Does does it intersect at all? The hat making and the DJing are people like yo, that's Erica Badu's hat maker DJ. Do you get gigs based upon your relationships with like (sighs) Erica and shit like that?
3: I don't know. I mean, it. You know, I've always tried to make a set of a hat that fits headphones that I can pull off both at once, but um, I, I like still those. haven't nailed yeah. it. You know. Yeah. I but can um, imagine. I don't know. I think some some people know that that's what I do, but I don't really emphasize it too much. It's like okay. I'd rather keep the the professional career and the hobby career as a bit of a separate separate means
1: yeah are you today today you're dressed very you're you're dressed like a a typical person walking around sure do you have like a very eccentric style because i notice it with a lot of your hats they they are very ornate pieces that you wouldn't just wear with a t-shirt like that you know so do you dress up and and have like a very
3: eccentric fashion you know growing up with three older sisters i did get dressed up a lot and um i do i do enjoy putting together an outfit and especially if it's something my mother made because it's you know she's measured me and it's made for me it's well usually i make trim a hat in the same fabric or get my friend who's a talented shoemaker to make me shoes in the same fabric so nice you know tokyo is a place where you can geek out and get away with these outfits whereas western countries people would probably try to fight you if you look like this
1: you yeah know. or ridicule you somehow or yeah. call you something on the street right which so. is
3: unnecessary but. yeah
1: that's one thing that's really dope about Tokyo is that you could just be on the street and see somebody walk by in one of the most interesting out of place outfits that you've ever seen in your whole life and nobody bats an eye they're yeah, just like yeah it's pretty normal to I see that I explain
3: it to people is like no matter how hard you try there's always going to be someone looking way weirder than you yeah, absolutely yeah, yo. Can you touch on that a little bit?
0: Of uh, your coming up, uh, if if it's okay, what what do your sisters do? I know you said one like designs.
3: Yeah, sure. So yeah, one of them, uh, one of my sisters, um, is a very talented costume maker, set designer. Then um, my other, one of my other sisters is a mother, but. Um, Yep, she's doing a good job. Hmm. Hey, shout out to mothers. You're an uncle. Yes, I am. Uh, half Australian,
1: quarter Filipino, quarter Mexican. That's that shit that I do like. Yeah, I love mix. I mean, I'm mixed up as fuck, but I love, I love these the intermixing of races. It's yeah. Phenomenal.
3: And then my oldest sister, she lives in Tasmania, the small island at the bottom of Australia. And she's a Word. winemaker, so. Nice Also very talented
1: Have you been to Tasmania?
3: I have not I really <laughs> want to go Can you say that again? Tasmania Tas- yeah, Tas- exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Tasmania <laughs>
1: yeah. Tas- I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the cartoon The cartoon guy <laughs> Tasmanian devil Yeah, I kind of Tas- see
3: Tasmania As the yeah. Hokkaido of Australia You know, mm, it's somewhere that That's sense. got an extreme climate But also very good produce, seafood Yeah
1: A lot Do of indigenous people there?
3: I don't think so No No
0: do you feel like your upbringing had a humongous influence on, like, the lifestyle that you have now? Because, like, we were talking about you being a hat maker. Sure. And before we didn't even know, like, a term for that at all. Yeah, I had no idea of what a uh, milliner was. You, you're very. You carry yourself in a certain way, and your career shows that you. Can produce and live in a certain way that maybe isn't a stereotypical Australian or yeah overly masculine kind of thing. Did you ever like get any shit for being a hat maker in Australia?
3: Um, I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, my mom would explain it as you know, I was always the, the fish swimming against the current. Like in school, there was always shit going on I was always in trouble like you know biology class everyone's got to go out and get a leaf to put under the microscope and I come back in with a 10 foot palm frond and jam it in the fan and spray everyone with leaves you know I was <laughs> I was the clown but um, I mean I think the hat making thing you know it kind of started in my mid 20s so my, my peer group at the time they were just you know impressed and excited to get their own hat, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends are creatives and do bespoke things. I have friends who build surfboards who are very successful, Um, friends who make shoes, you know. Um, I think the part of the world I grew up in was was very relaxed, um, but also not very much kind of social things going on, so everyone was kind of had these interesting hobbies Um, but if I tried to, you know, pursue this career in Australia it probably wouldn't work you know a place like Tokyo, people um, have a respect for artisans and handmade things and um, they're slowly stepping away from fast fashion um, and, you know, they shop with their hands they feel textures, they don't just Buy something online because it looks good. It's not they don't buy something to be seasonal, but they buy something that's going to last them, you know, ten years, a lifetime.
1: You know, that's that's interesting to me that that um that that's what you, the way you get from your industry. Like you know, you find people who are looking for high end pieces of fashion, and I'm certain that you have a lot of friends who are also doing the same thing. You mentioned you have a friend that makes shoes, sure. But um, well, I need. I've, I've heard. I've heard from other people that things like Uniqlo are killing fashion in Japan because, like, the Harajuku style, like, people are not approaching that as much anymore. They're just buying all of their clothes from Uniqlo, so it's kind of uh, gentrifying the fashion scene out I here mean, like, it's so accessible.
0: Two things I'll say is, when I first came to Tokyo just to visit 2010, and then when I finally moved here a few years later and would come to Tokyo, because I used to live in Tochigi... It'd be like, yo man, these motherfuckers in Tokyo like dress fresh on a Tuesday afternoon. I don't know where they're going, but they are
1: like killing me right now. Uh,
3: I get out dressed by dogs here. It's yeah. crazy.
1: <laughs> I, I was then, like, I was uh, absolutely uh, expecting him to come in looking very like dapper and like some type of weird style. He looks like a dude. Like I uh, go to the beach with him right now. Like the magician, magician last with- night. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally. I was expecting you to come in, maybe have like a crazy pair of sunglasses, and you know what I mean, like a, a feather in your hat or you, something. You but look too yeah.
3: deep into my Instagram. Yeah, I, well, your I expectations mean, expectations are too I, high. I tried.
1: I tried not to. I only scrolled through once at one point and just scrolled through a couple pictures because I was like. I I I knew so little about the craft and so little about you. Sure. That I said, "This is let me make sure that the interview was about me learning about the process and learning about like who you are and stuff." So sure. I gotta say that I definitely was expecting you to be wearing like I don't know like gorilla skin or something something that I've never even heard of before. But, this yeah. is a
3: new area for me. You're I didn't like know a, who was gonna be on the yeah. street. He, you're, d- he but dressed you're like, like the a, locals.
1: He, yeah, he he's dressed he's dressed like he could go and hit the beach and used to surf a lot as well. You, you I still, still do, surf, yeah,
3: you know? yeah. I'm actually heading heading out to the beach later today.
1: Today? Hmm. Oh shoot, man! Well, is it beach weather already? Water's probably still cold. Oh yeah, water's it's still, still a wet, suit for sure. Oh, okay, yeah, I. I've only worn wetsuits Like Hawaii No need for a wetsuit The west coast When I was a kid Like we just didn't go In the winter time oh, They are a like, bitch
3: yeah. To get into yeah. But.
1: but
0: yeah Like uh, in Tochigi I would say Maybe outside of Major areas It's like Everyone's wearing Uniqlo man I like to play a game When I'm hanging with people I'm like alright what are we wearing? That's Uniqlo. All right, these socks, yeah. this Heat Tech. Right. My socks, my work yeah. clothes.
1: You know, I, I work all Monday through Friday, and um, even though even though like I I won't wear my dress pants, I'll wear like shorts. I'll still have like a button up shirt on, be it short sleeve or whatever. I get all of my dressers from Uniqlo, so every time I'm walking around, I'm like, "There's my shirt." That guy's in my shirt, but you know. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: amazing so. for basics, socks and jocks. It's a.
1: Yep, I got the Uniqlo socks on. The Uniqlo, the the uh, the Air Tech underwear. Mm. Save my uh, save my life a couple times I think walking around in this humidity. It's a word? Um, where can we where can we find you at? Like if people want to follow you on on uh, you know Instagram or uh, people you know, usually to look send your a hats.
3: messenger pigeon.
1: Well, I mean, um, do you have yo, like yo, a smoke signal that pigeons? we can? Do you have a smoke signal phone number? <laughs> Does he make pigeon hats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you make hats out of pigeon? Can I uh, get a pigeon fur? A pigeon that, fur, pigeon I, feather. I don't wish to talk about that on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the PETA guys will come Yo, right I after. I think him. that's also
0: against the law on your visa. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, yeah. like, you the know, Japan owns all the pigeons. In- oh,
3: really? I tell you what, yeah. I do want to sort out a couple of these crows in Tokyo. Into- yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! Yo, they're mean as hell,
1: man. I'm down with them, man. I, every time I see one, I'm like peace. Beat. Yeah, but I've heard and crows like, are cool. smart
0: as shit. Like, they're if, the smartest birds. Like, if they steal your stuff, if you leave a gift for them, they'll bring it back.
1: Yeah, they um, they're the smartest birds, man. You can teach them how to talk. I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm down with crows. You, what do you want to say that again? <laughs> you can teach them how to talk, just like a parrot. You know what I mean? A parrot. You're like, hey, yo, what's up? And the parrot be like, what's up? Yeah. Like shout out it, to Steez crow. when we were
0: living in Tochigi. Steez wanted a baby crow, and he wanted to name it Legacy Brandon Lee. Legacy. Oh. <laughs> uh, legacy.
1: All right. Steez is a very creative guy, man. But, but where, where, where can we find, if people want to look up your hats and your yeah, art? Yeah, sure.
3: Um, at Bonacapello. So Bonacapello is my brand, um, which wow. the name came from uh, a dialect, a language that was used in uh, Europe in the early 1900s, which was um, designed to let theatre and circus and theatrical folks speak to each other so that the law... Didn't know what they were talking oh, about. word.
1: I totally meant to mention that when I was introducing him because I knew your business name. And your shirt is a Bonacapello shirt? No, this it's is actually a
3: Breakfast Club.
1: Okay, BC.
3: In
0: Ikijiri Ohashi. Correct. I live right by that. Nice. Huh. I haven't been in there because I was like, oh, this is too expensive for regular food but then i walked past and they were having a party in there and now some of the sandwiches look better i was like oh yeah they do throw a lot of parties i gotta
1: i gotta go check that out yeah Hmm. and um okay so we can find you there in your instagram we can look up tom yeah
3: yeah there's a couple of articles around the net um yeah
1: and you're also djing where every friday
3: uh deus ex machina in harajuku so okay all right i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna check you out if not next week then Well, is next week Golden Week Lane? Our birthday is like next week or some shit. All right. Maybe I'll I'll try to make it out to check you out next Friday, man, because I would love to come through, listen to some of the cheese wave. I'm in the basement. That'd be great, man. I have to say uh, thank you so much for coming by, Tom. You no know, no I just problem. met you today. Uh, I, I found I found your journey tremendously interesting. I think that your artwork is your art is, is phenomenal. And I wish you all the success that you can get making hats. And one of these days when I get enough money, I'm going to commission you to make me a hat out of sure. Late's dreadlocks. Once we cut <laughs> those off, then we'll just do that. Good. Mm,
3: yeah, I'm always up for a challenge.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll paint it with the same paint that you use with Erica Badu. It's like a copper color. <laughs> Do that. It look shit. like Odell Beckham. Do that shit. Yeah, yeah.
3: Thank you guys for having me. Thanks,
1: it's man. Pleasure. I, 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 be, I want to be friends with him now and shit. So maybe one of these friends. days, one of those days, he'll be unofficial like, oh, "You want to go to soul care? I'm bringing five people this time. Oh, oh no, sorry, number. I'm full. Yeah, he's already yeah, there's a there's a waiting list. What, hell yeah, there's a waiting list. I'm for certain that of it. Yeah, unofficial <laughs> member number thirteen, Tom O'Brien. Even
0: Terry couldn't get Erica out, man.
1: Yeah, Terry. Brooklyn Terry, shout out to Brooklyn Terry, unofficial member number 13. For sure. Uh, We're getting into this weather report Yeah, let's do the weather report So for people that uh, know the show You know what's going on For those that don't At the end of every episode We tell you about upcoming shows Going on in Tokyo So you can check those out And find them all in one place Uh, Let's see what we have going this week Late, do you want to take it from the top?
0: Yo, today the 27th We got Emotion Going down at Shibuya WWWX Mm -hmm. That's A-Witch Good Mood Goku Jin Dog Kick a Show Sapphire Slow Seho Kid Freshino no tall wings videotape music and youdru uh, gang
1: uh, we also got slow lights at clubby he- uh, club heavy six0 in Nakano which is uh, gonna be a hip-hop beat show uh, with DJs and beat makers um, all of our guys go there all the time like aru what uh, yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of uh, if you're into in, if you're into like 404 beats hip-hop style all types of things check out slow lights heavy six zero uh Nakano.
0: Also that day, uh the Atmos presents Atmos eighteenth anniversary. It's going down at Sound Museum Vision. And that's Bad Hop, Salu, JP the Wavy, Kango, Lycax, Okamotos, and Okadada.
1: These are pretty dope shows, Okamoto's. man. I might I might oh. go to uh,
0: I, I like Kid Fresh, you know.
1: I really want to peep him at least one time. Yeah, you know, we saw him perform live a couple couple months back i didn't get to talk to him but he seems he's another Tom, He's another really talented uh rapper out here young kid kid for Shino, really right. really solid skills uh, what have we got uh, the 28th still the 28th yeah bust it the breakdown is going down and everybody knows where that's at at coin bar with our guys they're going to be playing some great hip-hop music there um that's uh, every
0: second saturday indeed indeed uh, shout out to chase and adam Sorry, again on the 27th, Players B Old School Night is going down at Fire Aoyama. That's the homie Koji Nakamura. Also, Nas Chris is going to be there plus okay. some other DJs. Shout out to Nas Chris. On the 28th, also K Power, GW, Taisei, Hip Hop Fest, Ni, Kan no. I can't even read the rest of that, it's too long. Uh, but I guess they got some hip hop acts coming over from Korea. Gray, AOMG who's that's the name of the group, I guess, AOMG, DJ Makidai, Kenda390, Dotama, JP Wavy, Shintaro, and some other people. That's going down on the 28th. Also on the 28th, uh, the Stone's Throw yes. Japan tour. That's
1: the joint I was talking about last Stone's week Throw. or oh, two sorry, weeks ago. Yeah, Museum Vision. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this, this is the Peter one. Butter um, yeah, and Butter Wolf. And Sudan Archives, who is that phenomenal artist that wait, we wait, just wait. played.
0: Wait, wait, I didn't know
1: that. Sudan Archives? there? Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I did the weather report. Yeah, she'll be there. Um, She's not on.
0: I didn't have her as a guest.
1: Um, I've seen it. I've seen it posted by Peanut Butter Wolf oh, on Twitter shit. and stuff. So she'll be there, and I'll be there. So if you see me and you have weed, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If you see me, say what's up. We'll go smoke in the bathroom. I uh, know. If you see me, um, we'll we'll hang out and we'll watch a great show.
0: Yo, I was also post supposed to play post. Goddamn, I was supposed to play the 28th, but that shit got canceled. Shout out to Ruby Room and uh, shout out to. The cops trying to shut down all the clubs in Tokyo. Fuck y'all niggas.
1: Yo, let's let's let people know what's going on that following week in May. On the second, we've got DJ Spinner. Uh, ho- uh, yeah. Oh, you Go want ahead. you have any other things? Because you know, uh, I think 29th. I think people should look at the calendar for a lot of this stuff.
0: East Pack presents the infectious is going down at Ageha. That's Candy Town and some other people. Uh yeah, now we can do the second. Or Harlem's 21st birthday. Oh no, second, the second. Let's do the second. Okay.
1: Uh, well, one more Palladium Lab, Shory Bradshaw reps uh, on Monday, the uh, t- Tuesday the first. We love Shory Bradshaw, thank you. Uh, but yes. Uh, DJ Spinner is a speakeasy party at Vent Tokyo on May 2nd, which is also Late's birthday, so he's going to be DJing there as well. I will be there, and we're also going to record an episode with DJ Spinner which I'm tremendously happy about, so I can talk about all this underground hip hop shit going down in the 90s. Absolutely. But that is a very stacked show. Coco uh, Shimokita, Sarasa is going to be there. Uh, Hiromi uh, Ken Kurazumi, uh, everybody. Ueno Okubat uh... Late Toji uh, Moritomo. M- Late not, Late
0: What is it? It's not Soul Election Do you have the flyer
1: there? No I, I don't know soul, if matters. I soul Matters Soul Matters Oh yeah 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 Kur, Kuruzomi. Soul Matters That's gonna be a really dope show And that's, that's not Vince even in Aoyama. That's not even the regular Speakeasy joint This regular Speakeasy joint Is still gonna go down That following Sunday Right? No No? No? no Speakeasy joint? No. Okay okay But
0: uh, 8 to 12 is officially Speakeasy After that is like event Event Okay
1: But yo If
0: you RSVP With Speakeasy You might get a discount. Are we supposed to say that? Do they not want us to say that? I'm not
1: really sure. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I hope it's true because your boy is not getting that hat maker money over here. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to start selling my own, my own hats you as well. Is start selling that
0: hat. Yeah, yeah hey. no,
1: I, I picked this up for like $7 no, I mean at, the, at Book Off. The Logan. Oh, the Wolverine joint? Yeah. I'm going to start making war bonnets. That's what I'm going to start doing out of crow feathers. Ooh, and I'm going to change my name to Rainbow Crow. That one's pretty good. Yeah, um, uh, Takashi Six Nine is going to be here on the fourth. Yes, I think is going down.
0: Maybe we might get an interview.
1: Yeah, yeah. we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but we might interview that guy. And Otherwise, also the
0: same day, Harlem Twenty First Birthday is going down at Harlem and
3: Shibuya, obviously. And uh, yeah, they got the skate ramp upstairs, right?
1: I think I Harlem. Think, I think no. I I don't know. I don't skate, skate so ramp? I don't skate anymore upstairs I that would be dope if they did They yo Kate a fact check the... that Kate get back to us on that <laughs> <laughs> our guy Kate, Kate he's, he's the unofficial intern unofficial member number 13 yeah Kate get back to us on that man but yeah yo um, uh, everybody everybody check out the calendar there's way too many things going on for us to mention uh, hit up uh, DSX Machina uh, in Harajuku on Fridays to check out our guy D- what is your DJ name Is
3: Eames uh, it- Acordica oh Eames what is that um, Eames is like a nickname I got, but then I was like living by the sea for 10 years, so uh, shit just aquatica. got Aquatic. Yo, if oh, you want to surf
0: go. that cheese wave, you better hit up Eames Aquatic. Right, right. The life, the life in uh, the
1: life aquatica. Oh, by the way, with Tom uh, O'Brien.
0: My birthday is May 2nd, I but imagine. uh, May 3rd is my mom's uh, birthday. Shout out to mom. Shout out to mom's. Uh, but I'll be celebrating May 3rd in Nishiyazabu Tom, I would love for you to come Oh, If you're listening to this podcast, you're invited to come also We're going to be at
1: a B612 in Nishiyazabu come And shout out to 420 20 yesterday Yeah, your boy didn't get to smoke any of those marijuanas For real Shout out to Japan for that
3: I played Pasadachi 7-inch, that's as close
1: yeah. as I got Hey, I would have smoked a cigarette during that So, yeah, you know how it is. But, again, our listeners, check out the counters. way too much bullshit for us to tell you about. And there's so many good events. And we're trying to collect all of them. So you got one place that you can check it out. This is the Mega Late Show, episode number 31. Shout out
0: to Steez most definitely for hooking this up. Shout out to Keen, Dollinger, guys, Miss Inglewood, all y'all out there. Uh, Mega Late Show. Yo, why does... Tom's hat that he made for Erica Badu look like.
1: I was waiting for your punchline. I don't got anything. It's I don't know. I was gonna world. say the old one.
3: Well, I did make one that everyone was saying Looked like Blackwood's, because it looked like a giant blunt. Hmm. Why, Why does <laughs> Erica Badu's hat look like a blunt? Yeah. Why
1: does uh,
3: Erica Badu's? I mean, hat- half the internet said Blackwood's, and the other half said a loaf of bread.
1: I'm going with the blackwoods. Let's crack that open. And celebrate. What are what are the cigarellos that everybody smokes? Uh and black and Miles? backwoods. Okay, backwoods. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I didn't smoke blunts. I grew up in Hawaii. We were smoking joints, man. Yeah, we didn't Shout do to joints. Oh, I didn't start smoking. I didn't start smoking blunts until I went to Texas, and these motherfuckers started giving me Swisher sweets—the most disgusting. That's what stopped my whole weed smoking in Texas. Like, I was like, "Why do I want to smoke this Mexican brick, which is disgusting, in a more disgusting paper? At least wrap it in like a Some fruit roll-up or something delicious. You know what I mean? Dip it in honey." Sheesh. Mega Late Show episode Shut thirty-one. Thank
0: yeah. you very much, Tom. Thanks a lot.
2: うちに足詰める Numbers, can I hammeras, hamaras, needamaras the get to high 突然 jetzt glaub kannst du to the castle, to to the